without you. And all I ever wanted was you. Still want you and need you by my side. All I ever wanted was you. You're still the one. You're still the one. I listened to that the other day. Oh my god. Oof. This is something therapeutic about singing a song. Just like a panty dropper. I don't. He drops my panties when I listen to that. Is that is that okay to say? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Will you have panties on? Is that what you're saying? Or are I, they metaphorically? No, metaphorical panties. Like, uh, you know, like, you know, there's a feeling that I get when I listen to that song. It's just, it's something deep down. When a man sings to you? Not you know, just any man. We're talking about Brian <clears throat> McKnight. I think Brian McKnight is, it's he's transcendent. He's not just a man. He's, he's something more. He's chocolate daddy. My God. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> la, 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 la. He's just fabulous. Hey, Brian, can we get a few more laws on that track? <laughs> we would did seven laws. We need 12 laws, please. <laughs> Welcome to the Higher Energy Superpower. This is episode 18 of the Turbo Duo Cast for your week of whenever the fuck you're listening to this. <laughs> There it is. That's the new part of the intro. <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, for the week of, what, what am I saying for the week of? It's yeah. it's whenever you guys. First are rule of podcasting this. is never date yourself. You know? No, no, no. It's whenever you get to it. <laughs> yeah. That's when it matters. My name is Salvatore Mata. I am your host. And to my left is my brother from another game show lover. He is the oral assass- assassin. Oof. He puts the ass in classic gaming, everybody. Trenton oh. E. Wright third. From left to right, from left to right. So the reason why I started singing Brian McKnight is I kind of let the cat you out. You don't have her. You don't need a reason. Well, but I was <laughs> I was singing it because I was going to ask you about it when I got into the podcast because I started to think about very similar songs and I wanted to know if you had to choose between "Still" by Brian McKnight or "Still" by the Ghetto Boys, which one do you take? Oh, Brian McKnight. Still, really? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, those are both like pretty amazing tracks like legendary tracks yeah but i mean brian gets to your heart that's what i the mean the heartstrings that's what i mean if you have a bad day and you and you and you listen to still on your way home and you sing that thing out loud by the time you get home you're whistling dixie you know what i mean they're just whistling dicks <laughs> why does everything go back to something that you can actually take whatever your preference is enemies by post malone or enemies by drake Ooh. Uh, it's got to be enemies by Drake. Yeah, it's yeah. too. Is it's just too, a, it's just too much of a banger. Too, yeah, I got enemies. Got, got a lot, lot of enemies. enemies. Lot, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Worlds apart by Hatebreed. And or we don't see. Worlds apart by Hatebreed or Worlds apart by Journey. Ooh. You know what? I would say Journey, but just because it, the Worlds apart has like the hottest breakdown at the end. Well, world's up. You gotta that the hardest. throw that throw that in here. <laughs> throw that in here. World's up high, world's up
Oh my god. <laughs> We got a barn burner for you guys today. It's our Halloween episode. It is the Halloween special. We're gonna fuck all you pumpkins. <laughs> and when I say pumpkins, I mean mouths. There's a reason why they make three holes on the jack o' lantern. The pumpkins all wet, so my dick slides in. We're not gonna be able to post this. <laughs> It's the internet. There's no rules. <laughs> There's no FCC. Hey. The rules are there ain't no rules. Uh, CC that ass. So let's talk about some pickups. Why not? <laughs> Why not we start the episode? We've kind of blown the doors off a little bit when it comes to pickups. And I want to let you I want to let you go. Doors as in guys. I want to let you go and talk about something that I hate more Almost then, then you're like I hate yes. everything about you. If there's anything that I Why loathe, that I loathe do more, I love you. That's like the perfect song for what it is, for what we're gonna talk about. If there's anything I loathe more in video games, it is the trash heap monster, the abomination. I, what, what is that from? Of electronics, where he's just like, I loathe you. Isn't Odin? Oh, is that right? <laughs> I know it's a clip from some movie. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Give us it into the comments, guys. Tell us what he's talking about. Uh, it's the Atari Jaguar, and I want to. I want you to tell for the people listening. I want you to tell them what what it is that happened over the course of the past <laughs> month because it was it was a barrage. It was like Hurricane <laughs> Katrina coming through first my there face. Was, first, there was no Jaguar at all. <laughs> no, and there, then there was. There would be lots no, of Jaguar. Yeah, yeah. So let's <laughs> go ahead and tell your story. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I've been helping one of my friends sell a bunch of his uh, his like toy collection online. A bunch of like, it's funny because I got him into collecting wrestling figures, and then so he kind of he kind of fell out with it because like we stopped working because we I got a new job and I wasn't working with him because I was kind of like the uh, I was influencing him basically. Sure. To, I was like, oh, I just got this new figure. He's like, oh, we're, oh, that shit's dope. And then he would go buy one. Right, and, right, right, right. So I was kind of like helping you, him. You, get you were into giving the game. him, yeah, yeah. And so once like I wasn't, you were the really, godfather yeah. of, of his of his hobby. So once I wasn't really around, he kind of like fell out of it. And it's kind of sad, actually. And when he you just, think about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I knew what you. I, I, There's I, a subtle I, sadness there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of went with like just the downfall of. WWE, WWE right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that makes sense. But I mean, all the older figures are, st- are st- like all the, the the characters they make are still good. But mm-hmm. anyway, so I start. I was helping him like sell a bunch of his toys. So he just he got kind of the fever. He got that eBay fever, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. he went into his uh, basement and started grabbing a bunch of like just boxes of stuff and going through stuff see if he could sell. It's like tons and tons of Funkos. Mm-hmm. And then he just sent me a picture. He's like, "Oh, I got this. <laughs> I got this uh, heap of crap." <laughs> and I was like. It's a jaguar. No wonder he said it was a heap of crap. <laughs> I was like, does he watch the show, or does, or, or, no. or, or, or did he just know? And he was like, did he, did he just know, like everybody across the face of the planet, that the jaguar yeah. is a piece of shit? Well, and considering the only game you had was Cybermorph too. Exactly, and that was it. What a packing! What a packing, huh? <laughs> hey, we want to showcase our console. What are we gonna give? A a polygonal mess. <laughs> Where did you learn to fly? At seven frames per second. Where did you learn to fly? Um. Continue. So so basically, I told him I was like, "Dude, I want it." And uh, so he <laughs> <laughs> he won't own a Dreamcast. Everybody, he won't own a Saturn, but he wants. Well, a Jaguar. I do have a Dreamcast now. <laughs> oh, 
Remember? I know. I, w- I asked you. I texted you and asked you if you were going to keep it. You never responded to me. Oh, 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 oh. No, yeah, yeah. I have it. Um. So, yeah. It sold it to me for a good price with just Cybermorph and... We were off to the races. And you got lost. <laughs> we were off to the races. <laughs> it was funny because I remember when it like originally came out, I kind of I, I, I kind of wanted to get one just be, just from Why? Like, the pictures. And, well, I mean, I was, what, nine? You didn't really know. Okay. You didn't really know any better. I mean, by the, the pictures in the magazines and everything. There was there was a mystique about it. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, Alien, I mean, when Alien vs. Predator came out, like, I remember it in the magazine. It was like Atari Jaguar Game of the Year. Everyone was saying it was like Game of the Year. Right. And it looked, I mean, it looked... Like really good at the time too, mm-hmm. um, so you know obviously <laughs> went right to eBay. <laughs> it was funny because actually I got like twelve games before I even picked up the Jaguar up from because I had to like wait like a week to like oh. to meet up with them. And uh, twelve, yeah. ga- he, that's right, you heard it right, twelve <laughs> games, and then it turned into like nineteen. <laughs> uh, I don't have all of them here, but it just so happened some guy was he listed one game and then like two more. And then I just messaged him, and I was like, "Oh, are you gonna do you have any like other games for sale?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm kind of offloading my whole collection." So, uh, and I asked him for like certain games, and he's like, "Yeah, I have those. I just I just gotta list them." So I was like, "Well, as soon as you list them, <laughs> let me know because I'll try and uh, scoop them all up." So at did once. you en- and you ended up working out a deal for all of them? Yeah, for the most part, and I got them really cheap too. So uh, I don't even know where to start. Um, I got all the heavy hitters. I got Super Burnout. I, most of them, I only he only had the cartridges, but there's a guy on uh, eBay, my Atari, who has a warehouse filled with everything from Atari, and he had all oh, un, he had unused boxes. They were still full. They weren't even folded. That that, that blew my mind when I heard that. Yeah. That so I had, so now I have I have Super Burnout complete, Ruiner Pinball complete, Iron Soldier complete. Ruiner Pinball, we didn't end end up playing. No, we did. Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yep. Uh, Zoop, which was on every system back then, but I have that complete now. And then actually, Attack of the Mutant Penguins, Penguins is like one of the the rarest games. Uh, I actually picked it up loose. There's, there's a good reason for that. The cartridge for twenty five bucks, where just the cartridge is going for like eighty. Wow. And then, from the same. And then guy? I uh, no, I got it on offer up the cartridge, and oh, then wow. this box I got from. It some, just seems like everything fell into place on this whole thing, like eerily <laughs> fell into place. Yeah. Um, but mostly, yeah, like, okay, so the one I got from the same person was Iron Soldier, Ruiner Pinball, Super Burnout, Wolfenstein, Cannon Fodder, not Cybermorph, but I have the box for that. Uh, I got Ultra Vortech, Kasumi Ninja, and Tempest 2000. Just <laughs> just, just, amazing. And Alien vs. Predator. Oh, yeah, and Alien vs. Predator, too. But I don't, that's one of the ones that I need to get a, I hopefully can find a box at some point you know it's 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 funny because so a couple of weeks ago trenton came over and we we wanted to test out the system and play some of the games and i gotta say you know it's like i said it's at the time it's they're not like when if you're looking at it in 1994 eyes it's not really that great so my perception of it is, is it's almost as if it's such a weird console. It's almost I as know, if, it is. It's almost as if you it's asked... intriguing. It's almost as if you asked a bunch of aliens to kind of approximate what video games were going to be in the next generation, and they came up with something that was <laughs> totally, like, off of from what, like, the actual path of video games was going. When you play some of these Jaguar games, 
it doesn't feel like anything you've ever played before, especially the like the exclusive type games like Super Burnout. I don't know if that's an exclusive, but that it game is, yeah. that game plays like on like any game I've ever played before. And the the way that the graphics, you don't think it's like the way the graphics are made though, the way that the whole game comes together oh. just feels like something alien. It doesn't feel would, like anything I mean, like that's made by an actual it's like hang real on pr- like production company. What's the one on this Saturn? I, it's like Hang On and Man- like Manx, and like Manx TT. Yeah, I think it's more like Hang On and like Outrun. Like oh, it's oh, kind of oh, got okay. like that Outrun, that fast pace. It's ultra fast pace. I know. Yeah, you really. It's it takes <clears> a little bit of used to, but I I really like it. And then like Wolfenstein 3D is like perfect. Doom's oh, w- great. Wolfenstein. So that's that's the. I, I, my, I can revise my hate for for the Jaguar. <laughs> now that we've actually kind of. Dug yeah. into it a little bit. Yeah, because because what it is today is not what it was in 1994. Yeah. So because it was, we like, can look at it through a whole nother lens. I'm not saying that it's good. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that you can appreciate certain aspects of it. In this case, there are, there are certain games that honestly had either their definitive version or maybe like a, a really really great version on the Jaguar. I don't give any credit to the Jaguar because, or not as much credit to the Jaguar because they were on. It was on. You know, if it was a great game, it was on everything. So, yeah. so maybe it was and on it's there. It's not that much better. But but Wolfenstein 3D is one of them that is. It, it could be the definitive edition of that game that's not on PC. You know, is is Wolfenstein 3D? That game is, is so phenomenal. It's such a great game, and that's the that's the true to life form right there. Is the Wolfenstein 3D on the Jaguar is is like the one that's on the PC. The only other one that would kind of compete is the 3DO version, but that is based off of the Macintosh version. So it's 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 a different it's a it's it's a little bit different. The sprite works a little bit different. This really. is this is more true to the original. So it's probably the more definitive edition of the home ports is Wolfenstein 3D. I was less impressed with Doom because I, I was missing the music. I know that you said you don't really miss yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't. It, yeah. <clears throat> but for me, there's a mood that's set with Doom. And it even it, it, I keep going back to it, but it, it validates the 32x even more for me now. Like like X is going to give it to you, like 32 <laughs> x wins on that one. Give it to you, but I, I mean I, I guess I, it's like a preference because I mean you are taking a, a hit in terms of like screen size and sure everything, but but, but it's still functional. It's, like, a it's still it's still no plays yeah well. I know. And, and and it's based off of the Jaguar version, so it plays almost exactly the same. It's just a little bit smaller, but then you get the music. So that's the one thing that I appreciate with that. Now that being said. Iron Soldier is a very simple looking game. I know you really like that one. That just it's just fun. <laughs> it's just it, all you're doing is walking around smashing blasting buildings. things and smashing buildings and it feels like a very early 3D game that that they just they got the feel right. You know, with with gaming it's sometimes it's down to a feel. You know, a game can be made technically very well, but if it doesn't feel great, if it doesn't feel like you get that feedback that makes you feel like you're actually doing something, it's not you're not going to get that robust experience, but I got that with Iron Soldier. That robust experience. Yeah. <laughs> another great one is I think is Cannon Fodder, which is a really yeah. really fun game and that's another PC conversion that came over. Yeah, no, it it that one's actually really fun to play. Yeah, so you know, I, I, nothing I, like graphically spectacular. Yeah. And that being said, like listen, Doom plays well on 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 the Jaguar. Yeah. It, it it does. It's just that that controller is just yucky. I mean, it's, it's just not, I don't I don't know. You know, it, it, it's <clears throat> yeah. I mean, because you're so used to uh, just every other controller being somewhat similar, then there's this big block. It's a saucer. <laughs> it's a flying saucer. Like I said. But I mean, once once you get into the game, it's it's it. I mean, some like the the CBA, the ABC buttons are kind of they don't they're not as good as like a Genesis or Super Nintendo right. the buttons. But 
I mean, after that, I mean, I know it gets shitted on for its uh, the uh, the keypad, but there's actually some cool features when no. you, when you have yeah. the overlay, like for like Doom, you can just click on the button and it goes right to the weapon or pulls the map up right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, features like that are kind of cool. You know, I thought that Alien versus Predator was a fun like attempt at a first person shooter, and there were some really redeeming qualities. I just think that that. That game's sort of fallen off when you look at it through today's lens. Yeah. And you go back. And I know that it was one of those first games that actually did what it was trying to do. But I had a hard time with it in terms of there were areas where you couldn't help but get hurt because you had to step on the acid. And it, yeah. and it, ru- and it kind of brought your life down. It's like when you're playing Wolf Wolfenstein and Doom, it's... It's, it's it just, just so slow-paced. Yeah. It's not... You know, it's, it's, it's probably akin to like a robotica on on saturn where it's just like really slow and plotting and just kind of going room to room and it's it, it doesn't mean that has to be bad and i and i actually would go i would give it a, another shot i would go back in no yeah again. i definitely want to like uh, you know and maybe get a guide and just try to play through it yeah you know that that sounds like a lot of fun you know there's there's some redeeming qualities to the system there are some good things but you really have to kind of do it the way you did where you just kind of like within a matter of a few weeks it was like you had everything, you know. <laughs> I know. Right? And, and, and otherwise, it's just you know, if it's not going to work out that way, I think it's it's you're better served to take take your dollars and spend them in other. Yeah, places. I mean, I would have never, I would have never <clears throat> gone on eBay and bought a Jaguar. You know, I just kind of literally just like fell into my lap. That being you know? said, um, the Jaguar itself is extraordinarily clean. Like this is one of the I, this is like one of the best Jaguars I've ever seen. It looks like almost brand new. Yeah, and I I literally think he played it like twice, and then it just was like packed away and for the, and like the, fifteen years at least. The S video actually looks pretty damn crisp on it. Like, yeah, it looks really really good. And then I also I also mainly, don't doubt S video, man. S video is great. Oh yeah, especially on a CRT. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mainly because of the Jaguar, I actually picked up the or the retro tank. Which has composite and uh, S video connection, and that on a HDTV looks it looks really good, especially with the uh, smoothing filter on. And I tried; it actually came. They shipped it with an S video cable for the Super Nintendo and 64, mm. and the 64 games look really good on it too. I would think so. I think the 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 smoother kind of graphic filters probably look better with maybe even better with S video. Yeah, it doesn't make RGB. it like great, like crazy smooth, but it just just enough where it makes it look more like solid, right? Like, cause I mean, you can actually on, see what you're doing, especially on the yeah, the 64. It, it's like it's you it's know, a blurry it, mess. Yeah, it it, it yeah. actually it makes the the game more enjoyable. As and it it really works. On, it works well on the Jaguar too with the S video cable. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm glad you own it because I think it's actually going to be good for us to maybe explore a little bit. You know, now that you have it, we can kind of explore the library a little bit. Yeah, there's only like a few more games I really want to get. Missile Command 3D, I have the box for it. That's mm. like one of the most rare, <laughs> like the hard and hardest to get games. And uh, Power Drive Rally. Oh, Power Drive Rally. Yeah, what, oh, there's another racing game too. Checkered Flag. Oh, oh, I actually just bought that today. Did you get it? Yeah, it was only like 18 bucks. That would be a kind of a cool game to kind of I know it's compare and contrast really. to like virtual uh, heard, virtual uh, <laughs> racing. I heard the frame rate's really bad. On no, it. I know. I've seen I've seen reviews on it. But it's still it's it's you know it is a part of history. I mean, we we joke about the Jaguar all the time, but it is it is a part of history. It's kind of a cool, neat thing. The one other thing I like is the box art. I think the box art is actually really cool for a lot of these games. That they you know the illustrations that we were able to create, like that Iron Soldier one. Like that, you can, yeah, make, a, you can look, make a poster out of that. They do look really good. Like even the, <clears throat> the Kasumi, Kasumi Ninja, Ninja one. Kasumi Ninja one looks great. Look at that. 
I know. It looks awesome. I read, yeah. I don't know. They look kind of cool. You even, know, when even you got the, them all. the super burnout one looks good. Ultra Vortex. Yeah, when you got them all stacked up next to each other, like how like how many people have like complete box copies of Jaguar games? Nobody. You know? No, nobody does. <laughs> nobody. So does. Uh, and who knows? I might end up going for the whole. Go for the whole set. Fifty-six. Wow. Complete. What a what a what a thing to shoot for. You know. Uh, Why not? I'm already like halfway. There. I I know. <laughs> and I got like all like the heavy hitters already. The other ones can't be that more. That much you know, expensive, you know? You know, I mean, there's expensive games, but there's nothing like you're not spending like two hundred, four hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on Burning Rangers, like the most expensive ones are around like a hundred, like complete, you know, which is yeah. which is doable. <laughs> As opposed to paying like eight hundred dollars for Snatcher on Sega CD, yeah, no, even no. more. Yeah, we're not doing. That. Is that what it's up to? Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Okay, it's like you gotta. It's like oh, you you think your stack's bigger than mine. <laughs> this one i'm just thinking about i, I don't think I, I only want to talk about like uh, probably just two games yeah and then we'll we'll move on well you just you could just you could just bang them out and just say which ones you got and then oh, just, okay yeah, yeah. so so the, the games that i got you know, I'll, I'll put aside the one the ones that i want to talk about so um i've obviously i i, I really like rpgs and I've, I've owned fantasy star 2 for a long time in fact i got fantasy star 2 in the legendary box that we got back in like 2001 or 2003. When we were in high, no, in high school? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, Jesus. so, so <laughs> I, I got the loose cart. when That was one of the ones I kept. Oh, wow. Um, and actually, I'm playing through that cart, so I can't actually get rid of it just yet, but I did get a complete inbox copy of, of Fantasy Star 2. I just, I, I love the, the black box games. There's something about that era. I, I got my Genesis in 91, and so there's something about that black box era that that was that's sort of the genesis to me you know and it's funny the genesis of the genesis yeah and i know that you kind of got in during like the red box era so yeah that's that that's kind of a cool difference between the two but um i don't know there's just something iconic about the 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 black grid pattern you know that that's on these games yeah and it's almost like you know it's going to be a solid game <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's almost like the early Genesis had its own flair too. It was a lot of it was before they came out with the Gems Sound Driver, so the games sound a lot different to the games that were made sort of in that next phase, mm. where they used a lot of that. Gem, they didn't use for all the games, but for the Gems Driver, um, it's just is that a Fantasy Star map? The, yeah, so the so the and the Gems Driver is what gives gives the, the Genesis that farty noise that people always make fun of. But the Genesis actually has really good sound. It's just who's programming for it, kind of like anything else. But one of the other things was so I got this set. It was both games together, and the Fantasy Star Two came with the map, which you know I don't know if there's any true value to this, but I thought it was just cool to have. And it's a little beat up, but you know to have the map kind of come with it i mean i thought that was that was special it didn't come with the hint book but but it came with the map you know and i gotta i gotta tape this thing up because it's it's hella beat but it's a hell of a map what is all that on the back so it's basically just telling you what um weapons are are best and what are used by each of the characters jesus yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's it was a different time my friend f and a it's a different time. So I so we got that, and then it came in, you know, in a in a, a bid f- with uh, with Fantasy Star three, and I already own Fantasy Star four and Fantasy Star one. So this kind of completed my set. Yeah. You know, so to speak. You got the Oreo filling. Yes, I, I the, the the middle two I was able to because <laughs> I already had one and four. <laughs> so you got you got double stuffed. Yeah. So we'll we'll put these back here. <laughs> On display. 
and I checked the batteries. The batteries work. That's always a, um, a concern is, is the batteries. Uh, one game that I've wanted for a long time that, unfortunately, I gave to you as a gift. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> fortunately, unfortunately, because we discovered how amazing of a game it actually yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, And that's Predator <laughs> 2 by, by Arena or Acclaim or however you want to call them. Yeah. Um, just, just an amazing, fantastic yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Get and, all that money and drugs yeah, off the uh, street. Alien 3, which is a game I've always wanted to play. Um, it's it's considered kind of like a sleeper classic. Uh, it's way. weird because I remember there's, there's a version on Super Nintendo as yeah, well. Yeah, I remember buying the Super Nintendo version from Stop and Shop Video, and I maybe it was just ahead of my time because I was like, like what to do I and was where like to nine go. Nine at ten, and like yeah. nine or ten at the time, and I was so confused as to like I couldn't. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks because it's like you didn't you probably didn't have a manual with it. Oh no, it came in like you know those big plastic those those oh, yeah. big plastic cases. The game came in. Just you know th- this arena label. It's just I don't know. There's. I'm sure there were some crappy games, but there's some good stuff in here too. I when, mean, yeah, because they, you know, they put out Mortal Kombat, they put out yep. the wrestling, the WWF games at the beginning. Yep. Um, another black box game. It's not a really expensive game. I mean, it's like twenty bucks complete. Is uh, oh, really? Forgotten Worlds? A forgotten you know, so, favorite, you would say. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a, almost a launch game for the Genesis, and another, you know, another kind of. Uh, it's one of the Capcom classics that gen- that that. The Sega team actually converted over. They licensed it. I don't remember if I have that or not. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I had a copy, and I realized I only have the manual. So You just randomly had the manual? I just have the manual. I thought I had a copy of the game and the manual, and maybe we just played yours back in the day, and I thought it was mine. Hmm. So, um, But I got that now, and then... Um, you, ended, you you were able to get it, one, without the manual? No, I found it with the manual. I have an extra manual, so oh, if, you, if okay. you need a manual, let me know. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll give you the other one. I'll happily give you the other one. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it's interesting though because the the two manuals. I was looking at the other one, and it's it's just it looks a, it looks a little bit different. Like the color, I don't know if it's faded, but the coloring looks a little bit lighter. Maybe it was like a second run print or something. Yeah, it's right. It's right over here. Like after the initial release, maybe they like printed up another set. See, like like look at that. Doesn't that look a little weird? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a little more. It's like a little, little lighter. He's a little more orange. You know, so his, yeah, it's lighter. I don't know. So is extra rare. Yeah, and then and then the two <laughs> ones I wanted to focus on a little bit more. Maybe not. I don't know. It's it's uh <laughs> we talk about Sylvester Stallone all the time and how we we, we like Ooh. we like his games. Um, so I just this is one I've been I've been don't, eyeing for hey, a while. Don't I got some kind of rights? And that's Judge Dredd. <laughs> that was good. Um, you know another another claim game, but it's a claim game. I feel like like these games were sort of like. Wrote, wrote off by that point and people were focused on the next generation but there well, was, there and, and was a claim in movies that it just it was just right. not good <laughs> but this but but this game is actually not I mean I played through the first couple levels and and it's it's very kind of it's like your standard kind of side-scrolling action it's platformer. not yeah it's not as loose playing like it's very sort of like he almost moves like Robocop in a way yeah you know very kind of like just stilted a little bit but the game has rules that it uh, it abides by and it plays very well you know so it's it's there's nothing wrong with this game yeah i got to go know? i got to go back into uh the demolition man you know i feel like they're sister games in a way they, well, they almost look like very <laughs> they, very they, close they, yeah <laughs> you know um i think demolition man is considered the better game out of the two but you know 
again, these are this is the kind of thing where you can go back and maybe discover some games that you guys haven't played yet. It's not Sonic the Hedgehog. It's not Streets of Rage. There's other games out there that you can discover and have a lot of fun with. And this is this is uh, you know a twenty dollar game. Yeah. Complete. I got it in a in a, in a lot of four games for twenty five dollars shipped. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. I got this Jurassic Park Sonic Two. And then this gem that I'm oh, yeah, talking about the here. Oh yeah, the listing was like Judge Dredd and three free and, games and three free and games. It didn't even have the games listed. No, it, it didn't. So like... I I asked, and that's the thing is like talking to sellers on eBay is a good thing because sometimes you can find out that they've got a hundred <laughs> Jaguar games that you might be able to cut a deal with, or they tell you a little bit more about the listing, or they send you a picture. Um, you know, you can get them for a little bit cheaper. And then this gem right here um, that I swear to God I wanted to throw out the window, but I think it's just a good example of it's how kind not, of fitting with the time since how every, not to make since a game. Everything is uh, virtual right now. Yeah, virtual reality, <laughs> and that is oh gosh, that is virtual Bart on the Sega Genesis, another acclaim game. But there you go, acclaim gets a bad reputation for for f- garbage like this. You can take a virtual shit on it. It's pretty much a a physical virtual crap. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a game of mini games, but not a game of mini games that have any substance. It's not Wii Sports. <laughs> they, they literally just crapped this out, probably in six months, just to get it out. It, it you know, you you look at this game just from afar, and you say, oh, that's kind of endearing. There's sort of like a Mario Kart style mini game level. I mean, that's how they got There's, you. That's how they got you back in the day. Like they would put like like if you look at the screenshots and the images of you, like this actually looks really good. Looks like, really good, right? <laughs> and then you get into it, and you realize how mundane and and and, and one dimensional and and grading the controls are and the game is over before you even know it there's one game that's a a water slide and you have no idea where the where the hell you're going where the, the f the water slide is just going this way or that way but you're in like a first person sort of like behind the the back maybe a third person view and you, you feel like you have no control over where you're moving or where you're going. They're trying to steal the uh, Sonic 2 bonus stage? Pretty much. <laughs> and, and, you know, after playing this game for maybe 15 minutes, you know, like if you were a kid and you got this as a gift, I would be pissed off. Reminds me of the time I saw a 60-year-old guy go down a water slide. Yeah. And his bathing suit fell off. Did it really? And it's just his big, hairy balls were just hanging out. Holy jeez, I wanted to lick them. I really don't like virtual Bart, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And you like licking virtual balls. Yeah, you won't throw it out the window right now. Well, the window's not open. <laughs> I'd have to knock the screen out. But this, this is if you find if you find this for a couple of bucks, try it just to just just to experience the pain. Uh. Or if you really hate somebody and you want and, and you don't want them to know, it's a stocking stuffer. Get yeah, give it to somebody. Or have them play it and just lock them in the room for about four hours. You won't give that for someone and put some Snickers in there for Halloween. What do you mean? <laughs> Trick or treat. Just give them a virtual give Bart. Give them a virtual Bart. <laughs> Can you imagine like a seven-year-old kid if you just threw this in? He he, he, he wouldn't know what the hell this is. He thinks it's a movie. He's like, is this a DVD? <laughs> but it, it, They think, probably think it's a chocolate bar. I just don't know how, uh, how Sega... Has this got the Sega seal? I don't know how. I don't know how. <laughs> You're acting like this is like the worst game ever. There's games that are worse than Virtual. But Bart. this, is, how does this pass inspection? How does this get gold? It's Bart. They're like, oh, we're gonna make money on this too. It's The Simpsons. You made you made a lot of kids cry. You know, like all the Simpsons games were bad back then. They weren't good. 
there's there's some that have endearing qualities. What about I'm the talking, what, what, what about the Space Mutants one? It, I mean, it's not it's not good. I mean, it it's got a progression it, though. You're actually yeah. on an adventure. <laughs> you have to I know, do I things. I understand. In this one, you go into an arcade and he and he gets into this virtual reality wheel that he spins on, and that just decides which mini game you play. No, I, I and they're get it. all terrible. I, I mean, they're all terrible. I Even know. the ones you get into one, you're like, oh, this is good. I'm I'm enjoying <laughs> this, and then you realize it never ends, <laughs> and you die every time. <laughs> It's just it's just an act of futility. Uh, I'll let you play this later. You can play the racing game. It's terrible. Man, I don't need to. Anyways. So You know what? I'm gonna enjoy it just to spite you. Let's get into some show notes for our last <laughs> podcast. And the only show note Hurry I, up. The only show note I have is uh, on Super Dodgeball. Um Acunio Cunio Kun. Yeah, and, 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 and just to give you guys a little bit of like Trenton was like, Man, you're all you're all sucking off super super dodgeball, and, and it's I was. Well, you were like, man, you're like you're like crazy into dodgeball, huh? And it's oh, like, oh. <laughs> and it's it's not so much that I'm crazy into dodgeball, but it's like, imagine a tree growing, right? I'd rather not. That's a slow, that's a slow grow. Right, but when the tree is young, <laughs> you fuck the tree. <laughs> you gotta fuck the plant. <laughs> you let it mature. <laughs> My point is that is that when you grow with something, when you're when you're young and you kind of grow with something, it, it, it almost becomes a part of you. So like a lot of the stuff that we played as kids, even if it was not great, it just becomes yeah. a part of it just becomes a part well, of our existence. Yeah, that's and like so, the Simpsons, the, bar, right. the Space Mutants. Right. It's not like a, a really good game, but no, like yeah, it's not as bad as this shit. No, but <laughs> but but what I mean by that is like. You know, is 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 Super Dodgeball an amazing game? It's not an amazing game, but it's it's important to me because hey, it was a part of my childhood. Be, it's just got to be fun. That's all their fucking matters. So EGM, <laughs> this is EGM's review in uh, it was it the sem- September October episode or uh, issue, which is it was the third it was the third issue of Super of a uh, damn it, listen to me EGM. <laughs> <laughs> Had too much sugar earlier. So it got a five, a three, a five, and a six. Out of ten? Out of ten. A, who, a three? A three. Didn't we, did, wasn't there this about something, some other game we were talking about? And they were like... <laughs> like, that's unplayable. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah we, you, were talk, you, we were talking about Smash TV. Yeah. Yeah. A four? Uh, yeah. A four? It's, it's saying it's... Playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah, that's basically saying the game has no redeeming value and well, it's unplayable. But then, but then listen to what they say. He says, okay, C- for the three, for the three. CSG ImageSoft has cooked up a sports game that doesn't have attractive pl- uh, play mechanics or cool arcade-style play or much of anything to boast about. The game suffers from bla- bad flicker, repetitive gameplay, and a lack of interesting features. This one got boring very quickly. So it's almost like the he's, uh, he's more objecting to the actual aspect of what the game is than it is more so like how the game was produced. So a three almost doesn't even seem like a correct score for what he's saying. It almost sounds like he's just like meh about it. You know, like he he should have given it a five instead of a three. I understand what he's saying about how it can get repetitive because when I was playing it, it was like I just kept doing the same move over and over again and got all the way to the end. You know that like that right. running jump right. ball, and you just I literally just did that like right. six times in every game, and then I got to the end. Right. So I, I get that, but to give it a, I mean, to give it a three, is I mean, if you're if we're going by what a number stands for, right, a three is basically saying they were, they it's were harsh, but they were harsh back then. You know, they were harsh but fair, harsh but fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were they were they were tough. <laughs> they don't give a, 
That was, that was before that was before they were getting their money slid in. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's right. That's right. <laughs> For wash. Oh, you, oh, you want a nine? <laughs> you better wash them dollars. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's uh, let's get into our modern retro moment. It's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> so we're gonna set the stage here, right? Uh, a f- uh, about a month ago, I think it was about a month ago. A month. Microsoft bought Zenimax Media. You heard about this? Oh, I told you about it. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just I'm, answer the question, I'm glad, boy. <laughs> I'm glad you heard about it. Um, they bought them for seven and a half billion dollars. Just for context, Disney bought Star Wars for four million. <laughs> for Star bi- Wars, four billion or million? Billion. Excuse okay, me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they bought they bought them for four billion. So I'm not here to have a, a modern discussion. That's I'm actually bringing it back. Okay. Now. They they bought franchises like Doom, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Wolfenstein, and Dis- Shane Dis- Douglas, Dishonored, and Shane Douglas. So I don't even know what the hell that is because he was the franchise. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> uh, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. So that could be a huge game changer in 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 sort of the in gaming Microsoft versus Sony war, so to speak. Was right? it Bethesda or whatever? So they bought Bethesda, yeah, which is which is a part of Zenimax. Yeah, right? it's like Fallout, Doom, right. like just. Fucking every everything. Big game. <laughs> so let's and I don't know what's going to happen. They say that Microsoft might actually make a multi-platform game still, or whatever they're doing now with the Game Pass stuff. My question is this to you guys, and I want this is what I want you to ponder. And I where's want, all the money going? I want. I want. <laughs> is that your Donald? That's no. <laughs> um. So my question to you, Trent, is let's take this back. How would something like this have worked in, let's say? 1995. So let's just say... 95, huh? Huh. Before the PlayStation came out? Yes. Let's just say... Well, Se- so Se- when you say 93 then? We're talking about Super Nintendo and Sega? Let's say at the beginning of 1995, Sega buys a claim. Let's put it this way, okay? Se- it's, it's still not as... It's it's nowhere near as big as... Uh, as, as Microsoft buying Bethesda and all its uh, subsidiaries. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, a claim. They're not like. It wasn't like a the system mover. Can you and, let me finish? <laughs> well, you asked me the question. I know I'm not done. <laughs> well, you didn't say that. I'm not done. So, it, we all know how the how the consoles wars wars went in the 32 bit era. We all know what happened. We all know what the result was with Sega, right? R.I.P. God. <laughs> um, but. What what would have happened now if you had a claim? Now, a claim was one of the biggest supporters of the Saturn if you look at all third parties. But let's just say Sega buys them. And let's say that a lot of the games that came out in 95, 96, 97, 98, let's say now they didn't come out. Nintendo didn't get any of those games. PlayStation doesn't get any of those games, right? So I'm going to name you some of the games that came out in that era, and I want you to tell me if this if this could possibly change the outcome of, of that era would would there have been possibly something different here? So, Separation Anxiety, which is a sequel to Maximum Carnage. No. True Lies. Nope. Judge Dredd. Nope. Alien Trilogy. Co- mm. College Slam. No. Batman Forever, the arcade game. Nope. WWF In Your House. No. <laughs> Turok is the big one for me. If Turok was made for the Saturn instead of the 64. Okay. Extreme G. No. Riven. <laughs> Are you doing this on purpose? <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> You're going like from shit to shit. <laughs> uh, so are, we, are we stepping out of the shit yet? <laughs> an NFL quarterback club, because as we know, 
Sega during the Saturn era had the worst, most putrid NFL presence ever. Um, so if they had the quarterback club games, right? I'm still saying no to everything. Okay. So Acclaim doesn't move the needle at all. And not with those. I'm talking about all of Acclaim's online. I'm just giving you some examples of Well, those were all of, terrible. Of Acclaim <laughs> games that came out. <laughs> those are not those are not like there's a couple decent ones in there, but it it would I don't think it would affect So would there be a third party? Let's say if cuz we Sega got pushed out, but let's just say Sega bought another another third party. Let's say you know, let's go crazy. Let's say Capcom, you know, or Konami. Could that have changed the landscape or do we do you think that there was too much already in terms of a force moving forward with the, with the PlayStation, that there was really kind of nothing. To yeah, because I mean, man, I mean, what kind? Of, I'm just trying to think of what because you're talking Konami about, and Capcom actually did not have a, a massive presence really until the PlayStation Two. It was more Namco that supported. Because if you would have said it was when the NES was out, and then man, I don't know. It's kind of hard to think of just one what company. I'm just saying is that like is that like Sega this is the part of Sega started their downfall in like 96 95. no but I'm just I'm saying it's so, it's kind of hard to think of just one company that can sway the whole the, 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 the whole consumer whole, to right. one system alright so if Sega bought Nintendo <laughs> <laughs> well I don't even know if that would work still <laughs> do they win the console <laughs> war if they buy PlayStation and Nintendo it's kind of I mean you'd have to you'd have to uh, you'd have to present that as in before the Super Nintendo and Sega would come out, I, I guess. But the thing is, Nintendo, just Nintendo, the brain itself has just them. They have the games that would that sell the system. But, you know, I mean, it could be argued that that's the reason why it didn't sell as much because they didn't have as much third party support. The sixty four. Oh yeah, the sixty four. You know, PlayStation had. There was so much crap on the PlayStation, but it was the it was the cool console. No, I understand. You know, but it, like ex- extreme games probably sold as many as many PlayStations as uh, as Tekken. You know, it's like it was the yeah. cool system to have. I just can't think of a company that would. Uh, I guess you could say that would jump to one company and put the other one out of it. Like, just would just it would just be like I don't know. Yeah, sales would be I don't know three to one. There w- there was no there was no like big dog that was bigger than the rest of them that would that would have a, a yeah. bigger. Influence. I mean even even with Microsoft like uh, b- buying all those franchises. I mean, PlayStation's got a lot of franchises. It's, I know you know, it's it's still maybe levels the playing. It's field gonna a help. Bit. Yeah, because I mean the the PlayStation outsold the I mean the PS4 outsold the Xbox One by a, a, a wide margin. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. You didn't. I, I don't know. Randomly, I looked it I up. Know, I know that they were in the beginning of Microsoft with the whole, you know, DRM thing and. No, I did the, the. I don't. I can't. I don't know the number for sure, but it's. It's. I think it's millions, millions more that the PS4 sold as compared to the Xbox One. So with Xbox doing that now, it might tip the scales a little. It bit might uh, shorten the shorten the gap in between, but like people are so like. People are so ingrained as like I'm PS, I'm PlayStation, or I'm Xbox. You know, even though like there's that. like there's not really that much of a difference now. But I mean, I guess that could sway someone. Someone that's like I really love these, Doom. El- these Elder Scrolls heads, these Fallout yeah, heads. Yeah, I know. You know, these yeah. Doom heads. It's like if you can't play that on your PlayStation, you almost have to make that decision unless you play it on PC. Yeah. You know, but I, I guess the summation of all this is that you know Sega kind of what. You know, it's it's the decisions that they made as a company that were really affecting everything, and and their downfall was not related to necessarily 
you know, software decisions. It, it, it resulted in software decisions. It but was, it was turmoil really, within their own company. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was the. It <laughs> was the infighting. Sega of America infighting. and Sega of Japan. <laughs> yeah, and I and I I think I agree. I don't think it really would have made a huge difference, even if they bought, you know, Konami and Capcom. You know, I don't think it really would have made a, a big difference. You had you had the PlayStation that was you know had had exclusivity with Mortal Kombat three, which was a huge game at the time. You know, Mortal Kombat 3 was a was a big deal for people to say, I'm going to get that on PlayStation and it's going to be almost arcade perfect. Yeah. And I'm and I can't get that on Saturn. You know, so it was they were they were basically buying up these these licenses to to have these games as exclusives. And so people were like, okay, that's a game that caters to the American audience and I can't get that on over here. Then So I mean, I guess in a way that it kind of did kill the the Sega brand in a way it started it started yeah. when the Saturn came out <laughs> yeah yeah it really started when the Saturn came out it's just I don't know I just I think about how things could have been different if if certain decisions were made but it really goes at a, at a, at a company level like how like what their philosophy is and how they how they you know manage their 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 brand and their company which is the the, the perception that that consumers get and then the decisions that the consumers get based off of that to say you know what this seems like it's not a place that's going to be thriving or it might be dying. You know, it's, so. like the, uh, it's like the Montreal screw job. I truly believe that Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart. You know, it's... Exactly. You why, know, why Bret screwed Bret. Sega screwed Sega. Right. You know, <laughs> all this time Bret's been looking around trying to, trying to find somebody to blame when all he had to do was look in the mirror. Bret screwed Bret. Who said that? Vince McMahon. Yeah. Did he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you got to be strategic. You got to be strategic. Your strategery. Yeah. Um, let's do our system launch special, and then we'll get into our games. How's that? Then we'll, we'll bang it out. Yeah. So I think this is going to be a quick one. So we've got one slot open left for our Ooh. for our for our uh, semifinal. I'm good at filling slots. Right now we have the NES versus the SNES in one one uh, su- uh, semifinal, and on the other side we have the Dreamcast awaiting the winner of the Genesis and the Nintendo 64. Wait, are we waiting for the NES and Saturn? We have to do that. No, nope, uh, we did that. Oh, Any, you, NES beat Saturn. Oh, you just that was a couple of podcasts ago. Oh, I just haven't written it. In oh, here. okay. All yeah, right. remember we talked about Mario and we <clears> talked <throat> about Virtua Fighter and and, oh. and Panzer Dragoon. Yeah. So the uh, launch games for the Genesis: Altered Beast, Space Harrier Two, Last Battle, Super Thunderblade, Tommy Lasorda Baseball, Thunder Force Two. Damn, Last Battle, huh? That <laughs> that was a launch game. That was a launch game. Look, Nintendo sixty four launch games: <laughs> Super Mario sixty four and Pilot Wings sixty four. So. A dreadfully small amount on the Nintendo 64. As I say, quality over quantity. I hate when you say it like that. So <laughs> I remember playing Last Battle when I f- <laughs> first saw a Genesis. And it was also my last time playing Last Battle. And we knew we knew back then, and I was seven years old, we knew back then Last Battle was horrible. <laughs> it was terrible. It was not good. It's it, it's it's not even any anywhere as good as its predecessor, which is Black Belt on the Master System. Maybe they were like, we got every other genre covered. And maybe like we need a fighting game too. I, I don't know. Um, I would think that the best the best <laughs> two games on this whole list are Altered Beast and Thunder Force Two. Those are those are the ones that I think are the best. When I look at this list and I and I think about the most iconic games, the ones that you know kind of set the precedent um for, oh, I, for the system i would say altered beast and space harrier space harrier 2 at the time people were saying that it was very very close to the first game and you know it, it was it was a launch game actually for the for the mega drive in 
um, in Japan. Japan. It's it's an impressive game, you know, with the with the scaling. Um, I guess you could put it in there, but it's not the first of its kind. You know, there was Space Harrier before that. But Thunder Force yeah. isn't isn't. I mean, Thunder Force. The Thunder Force One is no is nowhere. It's, Thunder Force Two is light years ahead of Thunder Force One. Thunder Force One came out for Japanese computers. It was low color, slow moving, and this game was was just a a, a couple of generations higher than it. It was. Thunder Force One was even wasn't even an, an NES quality game. Okay. Um, so I would say th- what I can say about this here is that these games are all either 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 decent. The last battle, notwithstanding, either either they're decent games. Even Super Thunder Blade is decent. It's not. It's 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 a not even a really a great approximation of the arcade version. But um, I remember the. Uh, what is it? The uh, the master system. I used to play on the Game Gear with the Master Gear converter. You're the only one I know that did that. <laughs> How did you get well, a Master Gear converter? Uh, Jesse. Jesse had one. He did. Yeah. Did he have a Master System? No. He had just had the Master Gear. Converter Where did you get thing. a Master Gear converter? I never saw those. I, I don't know. He had one, and I remember that was like one of the. He only had like a couple Master System games, and that was one of them. Super Thunderblade. Did you remember liking it? Yeah. Really. I mean, I've played Super <laughs> Thunderblade more recently because you got me a copy and a loose copy of it, and it, and it, it actually plays pretty well. Like, I think it's a good, it's a decent game. Um, yeah, I but, mean, it's not like memorable. You know, Altered <laughs> Beast is fantastic. I don't want to hear anybody say anything bad about Altered Beast. It was a great showcase for the system. It had, it was even actually more advanced in ways than the than the arcade version with the with the the parallax scrolling. Ah, yes. Um, so, you know, I would say the two, the two real standouts, and if you want to throw in a third there, would be Space Harrier 2, Altered Beast, and Thunder Force 2. Tommy Lasorda Baseball is good. I think world-class baseball on the Turbo Graphics is better, personally, playing the two. Hey, that's your opinion, and you can have it. But none of this really matters, and I'll tell you guys <laughs> why. And it's three words. Super Mario 64. And that's like the, that's like the trump card you put down on, like, anything. You're like, boom, got it. <laughs> It's really, really hard to beat games like Super Mario Brothers, which we talked about last time, or Super Mario 64, because they just have such weight in history. Those games influenced so much about gaming's future. They are games that are still talked about as uh, as the top five, ten games on the system top themselves. Top five dead or alive. None of the Genesis <laughs> games on here. And, and <laughs> as much as I love the Genesis, and we talked about how I think it, it might be the best system ever, when you look at, at everything about it, the launch was pretty subdued. It was a pretty subdued launch. There were some there were some games here. They showcased the the arcade quality graphical capabilities of the Genesis, but these are not standout titles in the way that Super Mario 64 had with with gaming itself. You know, I've t- I've talked about the first time I played it, my finger my 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 <laughs> thumb had an orgasm Pause. literally moving Mario around that water level when I was in that Toys R Us in 1996 chasing after that rabbit. It was just it was it was a an experience that made you feel like you don't even like is this real? Like you have to pinch yourself. It's just Yeah, like, I I remember uh, I rented the system from Video Galaxy with with Mario 64. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I think it was like $20 was this before it came out. No, it was just like right I, like then. the day or the day after. You know, you know how rare it was to find a 64 in the wild in September, like October? They weren't yeah, anywhere. Was, you couldn't it find it. Like, yeah. It was the hot toy of 1996 I for, mean, for Christmas. That's Nintendo, baby. 
You know, and, and so like when the Wii came out, and you know, every aspect of Mario sixty four from its from its gameplay to its influence to its irreverence in its library is 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 fuck. That's why they just put the fucking top notch Super Mario three D All Stars. You know, I really wish that I, I really <laughs> I would have bought that if they if they did a graphical overhaul. It was just like upscaled. So, yeah, so I would have bought that, but it's still, but still, it's still, it's it's a game that is is literally is, the it, Trump it, on. Like it, just it's, it's timeless. It, it kind of just crosses out. It's any gonna other take. Game. It's gonna take quite a bit. And I think you know the sixty four when we do it the next time because sixty four is going through. Obviously, we've that's obvious. When the sixty four meets obviously. meets the Dreamcast, that's gonna be a really interesting discussion because the Dreamcast has a lot of a lot of games in its launch lineup, and it's got some really good games. So it's gonna be interesting to try to compare and contrast to see who who moves out ahead. But um, it's very easy for us, I would say, right? Yeah. To to move the Nintendo sixty four forward above the Genesis. God bless the Genesis. You know, we don't even have to talk about Pilot Wings. We don't. But even it's like a it's a sleeper. And and that's a great game. It's too. like a, it's it's. I think we mentioned it. And before. It's very it's, unique in the library. There's not really a game in the 64 library or any library like yeah. Pilot Wings 64. It's like it's forgotten just because Mario 64 was out. You know. Otherwise, it's it's a fantastic game. So, so the 64 is moving forward, and so now we've got a, a semifinal: the Dreamcast versus the Nintendo 64, and the Super Nintendo versus the NES. I, I think this this is a. I would I would think these are the four best launches of all time. Don't do you agree? So we said Dreamcast, Super Nintendo, Nintendo, and the 64. Yeah. <laughs> Three out of the four are Nintendo but, brands. But, but are you surprised? I'm not. I mean, especially because it's... I mean, you had to be around then. I remember the launch of the Dreamcast. I don't remember the launch of the Super Nintendo, but I, I obviously remember getting one and mm-hmm. same with the Genesis. We got one shortly after, after it came out. After I mean, we're Super talking Nintendo. about, you know... <laughs> three of the most, I, well, I guess four of the most iconic systems, and just three of them happen to be from Nintendo. Yeah, I mean they own the they own the industry back in the Nintendo Super Nintendo era. So, I mean they still do. You know, and 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 the game the games were groundbreaking. They're innovative. You know, Nintendo is an innovative company, and and everybody follows them in a lot of ways. And at least back then they did. And so they were always at the cutting edge of a new either gameplay idea or a graphical thing. Nintendo always led with in, in terms of graphics and 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 sound and 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 just the wow factor. The Super Nintendo was the most powerful 16-bit console oh, yeah. the nintendo 64 was the most powerful of that era as well so you know they always kind of led people always talk about how nintendo isn't really the company that has the system with, with with power well but that's nowadays yeah, yeah back, back when, then that was a different with story. the wii is where it kind of started right, right. so they um, just went a different direction that's all yeah so so i think and i i really do believe that these are probably the four best you know um you can argue about one thing or another, but you can't argue with these are these are probably in the top four or five. These are definitely the some of the best launches that ever ever came. So it's going to be a really interesting discussion. Both sides, the NES versus the Super Nintendo, and the Dreamcast versus the 64. So there's no stay losers. Tuned, stay tuned for that. There aren't. I mean, <laughs> you know, even the Jaguar. Jaguar's on the board. Jaguar's Jaguar's on the board. <laughs> Only because it existed. <laughs> I really wanted it on this list. <laughs> Only because it was a system there, that came out. There might have been a little sleight of hand getting the Jaguar on here, but <laughs> it was uh, it was a fun conversation nonetheless. Um, so why don't we get into our main events, which is our oh, our Halloween inspired games. This portion of our show has been brought to you by. Creepy Clowers! 
They're squirmy and wormy and purple and green. The grossest little creatures that you've ever seen. Creepy crawlers. Build a monster mold with the colored plastic goop and make a creepy crawler from a yucky monster soup. They're yucky, yucky, squirmy, wormy, very scary, sometimes hairy, squiggly, wiggly, creepy crawling. Creepy crawlers. Gross out your sister, embarrass your dad. You can be a little creep without being bad. Creepy crawlers workshop with plastic goop. So what are we here for, everybody? We are here for some Halloween games, some spooky, and as you would say, some scary. <laughs> she a scary hoe. <laughs> <laughs> well, some might say that about uh, Friday the 13th, and maybe not for the reasons that you would think. Friday the 13th was a NES game. It was released at the beginning of 1989. 1989! And it was published by LJN, but a lot of people don't know this, even though that the... Uh, Taste the rainbow. The zeitgeist of, of LJN is that they made all terrible games and that they made the games, but the truth of the matter not is that... Not true! That ain't true! That's not true! So get your facts straight. They actually shopped out That's the development. That's not true! <laughs> get your facts straight. <laughs> So they actually would contract out the development. LJN was not, in fact, a video game company. Um, the de- it was developed by Atlas. They were just a shit factory. It, it was developed by Atlas. Yes, that Atlas, right? Um, the Atlas that is, has made, you know... In high regards. They're, they're a high-regarded game. They're, they're owned by Sega now, of course. Sega had to, you know, actually buy a company that made good games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, just slap our name on there, you know? Um, so LJN was more of an action figure company, as as you would know. Mm. Um, they did figures for everything from... The Indi- big old rubber guys. Indiana Jones, Dungeons & Dragons, and of course they did them for the WWF back in the 80s. So MCA was a movie production company, and they bought LJN in 1985, and it was really to increase profit margins because they wanted to integrate the toy lines into movies that they were coming out with. So, for instance, E.T. So they had they had uh, E.T. the movie, and they wanted to make E.T. action figures to go along oh. with to go along with the movie, and so terrible action figures, right? It's like I, a movie I, that I, doesn't like yeah, you right. wouldn't think action figures with E.T. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but they did. I don't think they made them. They made them. There was commercials. Huh. Well, I don't think I've ever seen a ET action figure. ET action figures. I mean, besides it, like the ET plush doll or clearly like things like that, it didn't go anywhere. You know. <laughs> so, I mean, what's your perception of LJN in terms of like the WWF characters? Because th- those are very popular. I mean, they're, they're highly they're, regarded. They're iconic. Yeah. You know, those are the big rubber ones, right? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing. To, there's not like anything to them. You're not like you just smack like them against the, one another. Yeah, you, you know? just just you know, like do, just do dildos plopping against each other. <laughs> um, but I mean, they're like they're highly sought after. You know, you have a lot of them. Um, I probably have maybe twenty, twenty-five. How many did they make? Oh, uh, jeez, I don't know. Probably at least double that. Yeah, at least. I mean, there's a lot of, like, random characters. Well, I remember you know. when, if you remember our friend Craig, who had a bunch oh, of yeah, the... Yeah, yeah. A bunch of the I mean, that's where, I got, that's where we ended up getting, getting most of them. But he had, like, Mr. Um, Fuji, I remember. I, got, I actually bought Mr. Fuji from him. Oh, really? Yeah, with the cane. With the cane with his cane, too. Okay. Which makes it even more valuable. And, yeah. they were, and all those ones are really were in really good condition. Yeah, and, then, and then for one Christmas, I think I got the Bulldogs. 
Oh, you the, got it from him? British Bulldogs. Yeah, with yeah. the titles. With That's the t- even yeah. more expensive. Oh, really? How much yeah. does that go for? I don't know now, but probably, if I had to take a guess, probably right now, like over 100 Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I... It wasn't It wasn't $100 that I spent for it, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, Jake the Snake. I think you got that Jake the Snake, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with, 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 with the with, snake, with the snake, yeah. he had all the uh, all like the accessories. Came, yeah, I remember because I remember I asked him. He, yeah, he had him from some collector that just just was like, yeah, I don't want him anymore. Mm. So in 1987, they started to publish video games based on the media licenses that they had. Um, for instance, the Karate Kid. They're like, hey, we make figures. <laughs> okay, let's make some games. Well, it's like <laughs> merchandising, right? How many verticals can you find to make more money in based off of the movie? So video games was a natural progression. I yeah, because that was actually like the booming period of video games. Right. The second boom, yeah. so to speak. Game on everything. Merchandising, merchandising. Where the real money from the movie is made. Space Balls the t-shirt. Space Balls the coloring book. Space Balls the lunchbox. Thanks, Paul's the breakfast cereal. Um, so the Karate Kid, which is again, that's actually an Atlas game. It's one of the first games that Atlas ever created. Oh, yeah. I remember Karate yeah. Kid. And I had Karate Kid as a kid, and I I liked it. Catch I thought those it was, fucking flies. It was it was <laughs> it was hard. I mean, we thought we just like as you would say, like in one of our previous episodes, we just thought it was hard. Yeah, you know, like we just thought it was difficult. It wasn't until much later that you <laughs> people started to get critical about gaming and like, no, and what's good terrible. and what's not good. And were, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm sure I could play it and find some fun in it, but yeah. Um, Back to the Future, um, Jaws, which is a, a personal favorite of mine, and then uh, of course the aforementioned Friday the Thirteenth. So, credits uh, by the way go to uh, Norman, the uh, the gaming historian on YouTube. I, I took a lot of this information from uh, from his videos. So check out the gaming historian. And, oh, so you his, plagiarizing now? His, I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm citing. <laughs> MLA. I'm citing. MLA. Norman sold me my copy of Super Dodgeball. I love him. So Atlas previously created the Karate Kid. I mean, I didn't create this information on my own. It's not like I just come up with the information. Oh, I just know everything about these games. You had to like give it a few seconds to like hit the cerebellum of your brain. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. You and your subtle bullshit. You know what? I put a lot of time and effort into this. I don't need your bullshit. I'm the one. Late nights. Doing the research. Late nights. Put it on the paper. Long rides. (laughs) Going town to town. Oldest ride. While you're doing nothing. He's a nothing nobody (laughs) has been. Never was. Never will be. Anyway, so LJN something Atlas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You should be Jay Lethal for Halloween some year. I don't think they can go over too well anymore. Just wear the hair. Let's be a white guy with hair. <laughs> I think that would be like cultural appropriation. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever. Uh, so Al- Atlas created Car- uh, Karate Kid, and they would they would go on to make actually Dungeon Explorer for the Turbo Graphics. Is that a is that a solid game? Mm-hmm. Dungeon Explorer. Very good. Yeah. I actually mentioned playing it through the uh, the PSP a while back. It was one of the it's one of the downloadable titles on the, on oh, the PlayStation Network. I was to say it was like it's on a, like a collection disc. That's no, be kind of odd. I, they have a a few Turbo Graphics games on the PlayStation yeah, yeah. Network. Like the like the Bonk like is they on did there. with the the Wii U shop. They mm-hmm. got the Turbo Graphics games. Yep, yep. And then uh, the very rare Jack Brothers for Virtual Boy <laughs> was created by was created by Atlas. <laughs> Are they brothers that Jack? <laughs> 
I don't know I mean. Uh-huh. Um, and a personal a favorite of mine, actually, that Alice created was Gunbird for the 32-bit platforms. So that, uh, the top the top-down shooter in U.S. on Saturday. No, it was a foreign oh, game. Okay. Yeah, it's it's. Wait, Japan. do you have it? I do. Gunbird. Yep. Why do I feel like I just saw something about that? Well, Gunbird Two is a game that I want for Dreamcast, but it's like a hundred dollars or more. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Maybe you sent me a picture. Yeah, yeah. I was I was bidding on one. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I did not win. <laughs> um, and then Snowboard Kids on Nintendo sixty four. Snowboard Kids. And Snowboard Kids too. That's uh one of the ones you really like. Thousand Arms on PSX, which I believe is a, a an RPG. And uh, even Super Dodgeball Advance on uh, oh yeah on the Game Boy Advance. So. Oh, we're, we're going we're going deep into the Atlas. Yeah, yeah, and then and, and then of course titles. of course the Persona series, which is a, a big PlayStation RPG series. Persona Four, Persona, Persona Five Golden on the uh, on the Vita. Those are more high profile modern games that a lot of the a lot of the you know it's like a, it's above my skill set. <clears throat> yeah, it's well it's <laughs> it's also just kind of like a, a deep cut, but you've got a lot of these. You know, anime, you know, nerds that love games like that. Yeah. You know, um, it's so kind of weird. How no like, disrespect. How like a company like Atlas, there'd be like, they just like every game they make is just like rare or right. Like, it, it's just the value of it is just. <laughs> it, I just think a lot of their games are very Japan focused. That's very focused on the on the Japan market, and then some of them come over here, but they don't really. But I'm saying like even. And we, which I didn't know at the time, that Rocking Cats on Nintendo is like Atlas, oh, yeah. and that's like a super impossible to get game. You own it? Let's not talk about that. No, I had it. Oh, I, I want to. I, I want to talk about. I that had now. it. No, I mean, I had it at one point. I had it. Bought it from Stop and Shop Video back in the day. Oh, really? And I have no idea what happened. Well, to how it. does it play? What is it like? Uh, it's it's like a side-scrolling game, but it's actually really good. It's. I don't know the graphic style, kind of like um, Yonoid. Oh, okay. It's so like a side you know, like Tiny Toon Adventures, like yeah, that yeah. graphic kind of style, kind of like that. But it just—it's really good. Hmm. Who would have just thought? It's—I don't—I don't even know. Maybe two hundred dollars now. I don't know. Wow, wow. <laughs> so Friday the Thirteenth is an, is an action adventure game, literally action and adventure. And mm. It has a couple has a couple of different gameplay styles. So you let's, have, you have, let's. Let's not stress the action and adventure too much. <laughs> let's temper our feelings for the game and let's just get through exactly what it is. I know you have your you're opinionated about it. So there are side scrolling sections that uh, you're for the most part you're outside, you're walking down paths around Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, it's like which keep is, scrolling, 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 scrolling. Well, keep scrolling, scrolling. That's what you do in the game. You know, and of course, you know, from the iconic enemies from all the the Friday the Thirteenth movies, the zombies. Yeah, the, the um, dirt zombies, the water zombies, they, the tree zombies. They just they just fill the screen. All the, the vinyl z- siding zombies. All the, all the zombies uh, that we remember and love um, from the Friday the Thirteenth games. All the memorable characters. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, and basically, you're just waiting for Jason to show up in one of the cabins. It's almost like. You're you're kind of walking around trying to get better weapons to show up as you're killing the zombies and then waiting for as they randomly show up, uh, waiting for Jason or don't show up, waiting for Jason to show up in a in a cabin that either has another counselor or the campers that you have to go and save by fighting Jason and either beating him enough that he he goes away or by killing him. Um, One sliver at a time. 
Yeah, and it's you, you really have to focus on the map because depending on where you are, you have to walk in either, you know, one of the circles around around the, <laughs> the lake to get to, to get to Jason. One of the many circles you walk around in. Yeah. It's it actually it's it's pretty reminiscent of games like Jaws or or like Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, where in the original Ghostbusters you're driving around in the Ecto one and you're just waiting for the um, uh, ghosts to basically go to a certain building, and then you have to try to go to that building. Suck and, them up with your and, proton and, pack. And yeah, yeah, exactly. A, a building will flash, and you'll go, and you'll get them, and then you'll wait for the next building. Or in <laughs> or in Jaws, where you're just you can see that fin kind of like going through the water, and then you have these encounters with with almost like the boss, even though it's not the end of the game. And Ghostbusters was LGN. It was yeah, it was it was published by LGN. I wonder how that like meeting went. What? <laughs> well, just for the like the game. Hey, we got uh, the license for Friday the Thirteenth. How about we just do what we did for Ghostbusters, and it's just I can't. Well, Ghostbusters wasn't made by LJN. Oh, I just yeah. I just said that, and you said yes. Jaws. You said Jaws. You said Jaws was LJN. I said yes. That ain't true. That's not true. So get your facts straight. You sure? Yes. I guess we'll have to play the tape back later. You said Jaws. <laughs> uh, the game takes place over three days, and you have six counselors, and there's the six counselors are like spread it feels out. Feels like three days. Yeah, the counselors are <laughs> spread out over the various cabins, um, and so basically you can switch in, you know, between the, the counselors themselves to maybe get closer to wherever the action is happening. Um, but most of the fights happen inside of the cabins, and so you have to go there and, and fight, fight Jason. That's where the action happens. Yeah, and and the goal is to keep as many of the counselors and children alive until the end. Yeah. <laughs> Each of the of the counselors has their own certain attributes related to running, jumping, rowing that make them better for certain tasks. Um, there's also, like I said, the 15 campers split between the three lakeside cabins that they need to be saved sometimes as well. Um, the cabin sections are much more exploratory in that you're, it's more, Ooh, it's more of like exploratory. A, it's more of like a point and click style, almost like a Goonies two, where you're you're going into like a like a room and you have to ex- explore that room, whether it's to light a fireplace or talk to a character or give them an item. So there's almost the two different aspects of of Friday the Thirteenth. And that's also where most of the fights happen against against Jason. Yeah. Um, and you, you interact with the environment. Um, you can heal characters there. You can get weapons from other characters there. Um, there are there are some fights with Jason in the side scrolling section as well, um, but most of them are are in those are in those cabins. And he gets more dangerous and faster in his attacks the further you get into the game. So even on the first day. By the second or third fight, he's already got a machete. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, it was on the second. Uh, yeah, I think it was on the second. Mm. It was only the second one. He already had the machete. Yeah, it it controls decently. Um, yeah, well, you're walking around. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a progression system with the weapons and the items by either killing more enemies, what you know, and items appearing, or maybe accomplishing a task. So, one of the tasks in the game is to light all the fireplaces in the large cabins around Camp Crystal Lake. If you do that, you get a torch. And the torch is one of the most uh, powerful weapons in the game. And so there's a way to kind of build up your your leveling almost through the tasks that you're doing throughout the world. It's a, it's a, it's a healthy task too because they are yeah. spread rather far apart. Everything 
works well structurally in terms of like the controls, but the game doesn't really offer a whole lot of variety or satisfaction. <laughs> it's just it's they, just throwing rocks at zombies that pop up. That's it. Yeah, it's it's there's not a whole lot of you know, you get done with a battle and you just feel like, yeah, that was that was that was great. <laughs> um it, it at times it can just feel like busy work. You know, the oh. game the game can just feel like busy work. Well, yeah, cuz I mean, you're you're literally <laughs> just walking until something randomly happens. Yeah, like the like <laughs> like the ladies man. Yeah. <laughs> I will have sex and something will randomly happen. It will work out. Let's talk about the music. So the music, there's two songs. <laughs> That's in the cabins, yeah. And then there's a five-note track that plays over and over. Like the first time you play, you're like, "Oh, that's catchy," and then it's just the whole game. <laughs> right, right. So. Uh, and then no, wait, no. When you get to uh, um, when you, well, when you get to Jason, it, it switches up. It almost sounds like the uh, like the like when you get to the in the the dungeon castle and like Mario, right? Right. There's. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> I don't think it's the same song, but no, yeah. no, no. But it has that same kind of vibe. Yep, I got you. Yep. Uh, so and and then at the end of the game, after you beat it, it, it's just an ending, and it says, "You defeated Jason, or did you? We're not telling." Yeah, because he never really dies. And he looks like dead or knocked out on the floor, and that's and that's Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if there's a whole lot to, more to say about it. Um, I, I think this would be possibly a good rental type of game, maybe. Um, but I think you would have been disappointed should you have <laughs> if you bought paid forty nine ninety nine for it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just just to give you an expl- or an example here, EGM gave it a four, four, a three, and a two. So almost better than dodgeball. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you think? Is dodgeball a better game, or is is? No, I'm saying according to their rating. I mean, someone gave it a dodgeball a three. Yeah. Right. So do you, would you like to hear a review? Uh, obviously, if it's three, two, three, okay, here's, and four. This is from Ed Semrad. A very poor game that displays little of what an action-adventure game should contain. The action portions of play are sparse, the adventure offers little challenge, and the whole thing is topped off with graphics that are just plain bad. Friday the 13th is not very enjoyable at all. I wouldn't sounds say like gr- it sounds like a review from Pat Musin, <laughs> my buddy Pat. <laughs> so was he getting paid off by Capcom or something for this review? <laughs> I mean, I've never w- heard of that. Like, like a reviewer getting paid to give a negative review. <laughs> it's usually just to give a positive review. Yeah, you would think that's what I'm gonna throw you a little swerve. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't say. I mean, the graphics are bad. I mean, does it look that different from like a, any other like side-scrolling Nintendo game? Not, not not really. No, no, no. The gra- I don't think the graphics are bad for no, for, for, an, for an NES game. Yeah. Oh well, that's what he brought up. He said the graphics are bad. I think. I mean, it's just it's just it's just repeating the same thing honestly, over and look, over look, again. Though. Let's talk about EGM for a minute. Just a quick minute. <laughs> I, I think when I read their old reviews, they're filled with a lot of hyperbole. So it's like either either something is just so bad that they want to just drown it. Or and they and they'll just drown everything about the game, or it's really great and everything is amazing. 
you know you, you tend especially like this these early years of of, e, of EGM and in, in certain like cases either twos and threes or eights and nines yeah and then like game pro is just like everything's great you know <laughs> like every every buy every game they're all awesome you know? oh no I mean you know what I mean though like that's yeah, the feeling no, you I get, get but I, I don't know I think I came away from this game after playing it just saying they just didn't do enough it, it's 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 too hard in the beginning the you, you're not able to get a, a strong enough weapon you take too much damage well yeah there's no there's no there's, prog- there's, there's no progression there, there's, of, there's there's no variety really because the weapons so if you never played it you, you can get a knife and then then the machete if you kill 50 zombies okay so the the knife it's not like you know you kill some a few guys and it pops up it you just walk around and it just randomly pops up Mm-hmm. It will randomly like you can, happen. You can, you can either start the game and, oh, there's a knife right away, or you could play for a half hour and not get a knife. <laughs> but then you get the machete, and there are knives showing up all over the place. Yes, yeah, so you get the machete, like three knives just randomly yeah, popped and, up and, everywhere. And, and if you get a knife, you have to use the knife now, and you, you can't use the machete. Well, I mean, you can just avoid it by, like, you going know. On, going off the screen. The old school way of. Letting you, the video memory run out and then, yeah. and then going back. Yeah. And then just even in the basics, so you start off with a rock to throw. But if you're if you're standing and you have a zombie ahead of you, the way it it the way you throw it is not straight. It arcs it's like you're kind of like a like a hill. So you you actually throw the rock over them over their heads. You have to duck or you have to get or far you have to get away. yeah. And they they take three hits too with the rock. With yeah. the machete, it's one, so it's a little bit it's a little bit easier. But um, yeah, I, I think. There are certain games where they're difficult and you can get good at them and that that makes them satisfying. I think even if you learned how to play this game really well, I think you'd still want to shoot yourself in the head at the end of it because I don't think it's I don't think it's fun. Uh I don't think it's satisfying. I don't, I don't Yeah, you you're just kind of you're just work. you're going through the motions until you can get to Jason. You just kind of But even when you even when you beat him in a section, it's like Okay, I I did that I guess, and then yeah, the only because it's like it, it, you also have like moments of despair because you're like even though I, I I got him to go away, <laughs> I know he's coming back, and I know I'm gonna die because his life bar is like infinite yeah. almost, and it, it, every time you face him, it'll take about two bars. Yeah, and there's I don't know 100. more more if you have the machete, but yeah, but it's just it's like it's it's like Jaws in that way where you have to like, get your levels up, but but Jaws is a, a lot more manageable because. You can, you're not going to get hit if you just know what to do in the game. Yeah. It's just very, very easy to get out of the way of Jaws. And maybe that's it. Maybe you just have to play the game more. But I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a game that is very fun to me. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's iconic for the fact that it's Friday the 13th. It's iconic for the fact that it's made by LJN. And it's, it's got its interesting points, but I don't think it measures up. Yeah, I mean, I can, I really, <laughs> really can't argue with that. Um, I hate to say it, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but the, oh yeah, so I mean, there's like a just a few simple things they to just like well, the one with the throwing throwing your weapon. Mm. That's just like a basic thing that they kind of already screwed when you start. And then, I mean, so, maybe they intended on making it that difficult though. Maybe they wanted you to be have to. I, I, I guess sometimes things like seem smart and practical, yeah. like, like when you put them on paper. But then when yeah. you actually implement them, it's not. Yeah, but like you said, it's literally just the same game over. It's not like the enemies really get harder. They're just there. They're constantly. just yeah. They're just 
constantly. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like there over and over again. It's not like there's le- like a, you level up and then the enemies get harder and then you have more power ups. Kind of. Right. They just stay the same. Maybe they pop up more. I don't know if you know. I don't know if there was just like more of them. But yeah, you're just walking around a dirt path the whole time in a circle. I, I, I think the thing that hurts the 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 game the most is the difficulty. I think the fact that your health bar goes down so fast, oh, yeah. especially and in the in the Jason fights, that it's just you you even like I said, even when you win those fights, you feel like, well, I know he's just gonna pop out of the screen and get get some health off here, and it's just gonna be like you know death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, in a, in a way. Yeah, and there's like certain things you. I mean, I guess you can avoid getting hit, like when when uh, if you when it turns to like night or whatever, and then there's like the the hawk or whatever. Mm. You you can't duck, like you can crouch, and he just hits you anyway. Right, and if you don't have the machete, you you can't kill him in one shot, and he's gonna hit you. <laughs> yeah, or when you when you get in the boat and you're going across the water, it's, sometimes Jason will just randomly cross the water. You can't you can't. There's no way to avoid him. It just takes a third of your life away. When you're going think, to Jason. Think, I don't think in the boat it takes a third of your life. I think it takes less of your life away in the boat. But, well, but it takes some it, of your It's life a good away. chunk when you just have a full life bar. You're going to Jason. But and that's, that's the thing. is like you know <laughs> that you're going to get killed after, you know, and then you might hit a zombie by mistake, and it's like, oh, there goes another three bars. And then so when you, when you go to fight Jason, it's if you've played, like, Punch-Out, it's, it's a similar kind of you got to dodge left and right, but the thing. It's like fighting the Sandman. Yeah, but the thing with that's different from Punch Out is Punch Out. You're punch in, Out's good. You're in well, yeah, but you're in one spot, so you just can hit left and right mm. to dodge. But, but you almost this, need to do that in this game. Yeah, but you have to hold down, right? To go to because if you hit left and right, then your character will move left and right. Right. So you have to. The thing is, you have to hold down, and then like a diagonal left and a diagonal right. Right. But which sometimes you'll just end up moving to the left and right, mm-hmm. and like he hits you. It's like a third of your life in like one punch. Oh my god, it's terrible. <laughs> so I mean, that's kind of. I don't know how else they would have done that. That battle. With having to like dodge left and right, without using holding down. I don't know. Make make or it just make, a whole different. Make it more setup. like a, more like a punch out fight, and just have him stand still. Yeah. You know. And make it and have him let him let him move around, but at yeah. the same time you're just. But it is, it's set up just like punch out. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wonder if they could have implemented where you have a button press to hold the character in place. Yeah, like if you hold B, like hold B, and he won't move, so you can just move left and right. Well, to dodge. That would have meant they put some thought into it. Well, that <laughs> you know, if, if they if they if the play testing, if there was play testing, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm just saying, like that 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 might have been something they would have found and said, you know, we can improve on this this way, and and just I think they probably just got it out. As but it's not even like that could. would be a hard thing to do. It's like, oh, program this button, it holds it, and then you just hit left and right, you know? Yeah. It's like they got, like, half of it right. Like, when you're walking around, it plays fine, That's you know? the thing is, is I think that there's, like, there's something here with this game that it, it could have been good. As as can be with, like, but the I mean, majority like, of games. No, I know what you're saying. The, like, the premise, the whole idea of the kind of the open-ended world and you're you're walking around, I think if, if it was just, if it was given a few more months and they kind of just play-tested this thing and found, you know, okay, this is, we need to kind of back off here or make it, make it different here or maybe make them faster or whatever it was, make, you know, get, make, make the spawning of the weapons a lot faster. 
maybe make Jason's energy level not as high. Whatever, just something to balance out the game a little bit because it just seems like it's way tilted into in, you know yeah in, in the difficulty. So and then yeah. I mean I don't know if it's a positive or a negative, but they do they carry the the six counselors you can pick. They actually do handle different. Some of them can run faster and jump higher. Mark and, Mark and Chrissy, baby. Some of them run slower. I don't know if that's a negative or a positive. I guess it's a negative. If it's a negative you're if you're walking, trying to get somewhere fast. Yeah. So it's kind of like you can either use them at the beginning or use the faster ones later. I, I don't know. I think the whole idea with the game is you're supposed to kind of balance for with each character. Like you want to use one character to go to one cabin and then you want another Switch character yeah you keep switching them out and it's like i don't i don't know for me like i don't want to do that i just want to get one character <laughs> and i want to run everywhere and do everything uh, boom 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 you know and then it's just by having to switch off it's just it's too much for my brain it's just too much for my brain <laughs> it's too much and not enough <laughs> yeah so i don't know i, I don't know if i would have given it 4432 I, I think maybe that's not doing it i mean i, I mean i think it's a i I don't know. If you're looking at it in terms of you bought it brand new and you, if you're grading it on value. Well, you would have played this game. If you bought this game, you, you would I mean, you would have No, played. I know. It's not Virtual Bart. <laughs> is that, you would, you would is that kind of like the standard now, like Virtual Bart? Please. For like the low standard? Yes. It's not Virtual <laughs> Bart. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's at least a five. You know, I think it's yeah, kind, I was going to say halfway. six, but then I was almost kind of second guessing because... 5.9. 5.9. <laughs> I'll go 5.5. I'm not going to go that ridiculous no, no. as a 5.9. No. Okay. <laughs> Trying to get you to six. But yeah. even five and a half, I mean, if you come across it for a couple bucks, yeah. pick it up. I mean, it's definitely worth the play just to, just to kind of experience it. Well, how much does it go for? I got it for 12, so it's around 10, 12 bucks. Yeah. If you can find it for for cheap, if you're willing to spend that much, then I would say try it. I mean, you can... Yeah, it's definitely it, fun to play for about maybe... 45 minutes i mean that's the th- that's the thing about <laughs> about these games though i mean you can always buy them and then you can resell them if, if you don't really like them so i mean it gives you a chance to try them or just fire it up on an emulator yeah you know, that's the way to go if you want if you want to just do it that way you know um yeah but that's kind of all i have to say about that i mean i i've i have a brief memory of this i don't know if you have memories of this game i mean about the same i it was you know i i remember justin donato I, i'm pretty sure he i don't he had it and it, it was, it kind of plays exactly how I remembered it. Mm. Just running around, like walking around in a circle until something would happen. And then you would finally find Jason. You like, oh, when we that first time you'd pop out, right? you know, but I mean, it wasn't, there's not like any crazy memory of the game or mm-hmm. any, like I'm attached to it in any way. I just remember when we had, when we <clears throat> moved to, um, Columbia. We had the Nintendo. I remember my brother had this uh, one of his best friends when he first moved. His name was Adam Shaw, and this kid was an only child. And he had he was he was the kid that had like all the games. All yeah, he had everything. He had. I remember when when um, uh, Shaquille O'Neal uh, got with fa- his shoes when he got far. No, listen to this. When he got far into the NCAA tournament with LSU. Oh jeez! He was like he was blue like, chip status. Yeah, he was like he was like I'm getting I'm I'm getting a Shaquille O'Neal jersey tomorrow. Damn, an LSU Shaq jersey. Yeah, he was like he's I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting my stepdad to get me one. You know, it was like and, and Adam would get it. <laughs> like Adam would or he'd get a hat or he, he would just get whatever he wanted. You know, he was he was that kind of kid. And um, 
I remember him one day. We had, I think, I think it was right around the time that we had gotten the Genesis, or maybe right before. But I remember him coming over the house and bringing with him Friday the Thirteenth for him and Sebi to play together. And it was, it was one of those things where, like. And I don't think it was because it was too scary, but like he wouldn't let me in in the room. It was like, <laughs> oh, that's because he just didn't want to hang. He just, out with he you. just didn't want to <laughs> hang out with me. But I just I remember that that was like the game they played that night, and and uh, I, I mean I, I was kind of shut out of that. But I remember he this kid brought over. It was probably 1990, you know, maybe late 1990. So it could have been like right around Halloween for 1990, you know, before we moved into the new house, and and he brought over Friday. The, I mean, that would be kind of a fun thing to do, you know, during Halloween. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, like the year after that, the year oh, after yeah. this I came mean, out. If you were going to Blockbuster or wherever back then, and it's it's definitely it's definitely a rental game. Right. You would definitely get your three days worth out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could live with, live with it, live without you could, it. You could live without it. But it, it's... I think it's one of those often forgotten Halloween type games that exists. I mean, it's out there, you know. So if you're looking for a game to play that kind of sets the mood for Halloween, I think it definitely sets the mood for Halloween. It's definitely like a first first kind of uh like the uh, the jump scare kind of game. Mm. Yeah. It does have those. Yeah. Especially when when Jason Jason comes on the screen. Yeah, like when in the, that's in, what I'm in, saying. In the cabin, yeah. you know, yeah. you're like, oh, here he is. Even though you know he's in there, yeah. <laughs> you're just kind of like clicking left and right until whoop. Well, because it's serious. It's it becomes real yeah. when that music changes. <laughs> you know. All right. So the other game that I wanted to talk about was uh, a game that uh, is a game that I grew up with, and that's that's Ghouls and Ghosts. So, uh, and this is specifically on the Sega Genesis platform. So. Uh, Sega was doing something at the very beginning of the Genesis because they wanted to bring in some third-party support, but it was a time when Nintendo was still really heavily on top. I mean, I I don't think uh, Mario 3 hadn't even come out yet. And uh, so Nintendo was everything. And so Sega was trying to find new ways to bring arcade experiences to the home because that was the whole selling point of of the Genesis. And so they contracted with... Capcom, even though Capcom had to have their loyalty to Nintendo, and, and this could have very well been in the time that Nintendo was just starting to get broken up from their monopoly and forcing the publishers to stick... Forcing the issue. Forcing them to stay on the, on the platform for every game that they made. Um, but either that or maybe Capcom just wanted to focus on more arcade development, but they licensed out games like Forgotten Worlds, games like Strider, games like Ghouls and Ghosts to Sega, and then Sega would have their own programmers make the game from from the arcade game uh, code and have it on the, on the Genesis. One of the benefits was that the CPS platform, which is what Capcom used, was the same processor, the same CPU, the 68000 Motorola was the same processor in both the Genesis and the CPS. So those conversions likely were a lot easier to do, um, even if they had to be scaled back a touch. So um, it was developed by Sega. In fact, it was developed by Yuji Naka of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog fame. Oh, yes, you did. One of his games that he made uh, right before right before the uh, uh, advent of Sonic the Hedgehog. So it came out in late 1989, about October, which makes sense. Um, after... The game released on the CPS platform in, in December of 88. So think about that. In a matter of 
probably six, seven months he had to make this game. After after the first Sonic? Or what are you talking about? After Ghouls and Ghosts came out in the arcade. Oh, so, oh, so, oh, so oh, Ghouls oh. and Ghosts comes out in the arcade in December of 88. Right, I got you. And then in you know right after launch of the Genesis in, in, in America, Ghouls and Ghosts comes out on the Genesis. So he, he must have had less than six months to make the game. Because you got you think about like the carts have to be created, you know the things got to be have its, its bugs. Oh, I'm sure. Well, don't they, I mean they get like the development kits before the system comes out? So we probably. Or are you saying it came out? Oh, it came out six months in the arcade so, before the Genesis yeah, version. Yeah, oh, okay. well, well, like ten months, but like you know, in terms of them being able to sign the deal and then get yeah. get the get them to start working on it, and then it's got to be. It's got to be completed because now they got to start creating the carts to get them out to the stores. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you think got to think at the most he would have like six months to make the game, which is incredible that they were able to to turn it around and do that. Um, but Capcom, you know, Capcom wasn't unfriendly the way that Konami, you know, had kind of its balls tied to Nintendo. So they they were able, they were able to license stuff to Sega, um, you know, and and I think it bore fruit for for Sega. They had that arcade at home experience, and and whether it's Forgotten Worlds or whether it's Strider, or Ghouls and Ghosts, these were very very faithful ports to to the arcade experience. Um, that was that was really evident. So the story of Ghouls and Ghosts um, is uh, one that we've heard many times before. Um, is there so a damsel in distress? There is Princess Prin Prin, <laughs> and she is uh, her soul is taken by Lucifer or Loki. Suck the soul out you. And uh, Arthur has to fight through five levels plus an ending fight with Lucifer. Um, Lucifer took all the souls of the people of the kingdom. You have to save the land and return the souls to the people, including Princess Prin Prin. Prin Prin, huh? Prin Prin. Um. The music of Ghouls and Ghosts, it, it kind of like I had mentioned before, it kind of bucks the the perception of the you know the Genesis has shitty sound. You know, it actually has a, a, a it's got like a piercing soundtrack, but that fits the scenes really really well. Um, the music is sort of unique in that it's 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 playful but spooky at the same time. It's almost like it doesn't take itself too seriously. You know, it's a it's a it's a spooky game, but one that is is meant to be a, a fun time and, and light, you know, nothing too, oh, too spooky crazy. fun serious. time. Yeah. Um, but there's some great music. Uh, well, the third level is called Baron Wrinkles Tower, and it, it just kind of typifies that spooky but playful kind of atmosphere that the, that the music creates. Very crisp, very clear, does its job, very memorable. You you find yourself humming the tunes, like, well after you're playing the game. Yeah, I mean, I've only played it a few times. Did we play it? Did we play it? I don't think so. What was I played it? through it, but I, I don't what know. What was the one we played when you were in uh, Man- uh, uh, Manchester at the condo? Was it a Ghouls and Ghosts type game? Yeah. Ghouls and Ghosts. Oh, so we yeah. did play through it. Because don't you have to play through it twice? Yes. Yeah. We we did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. We did it? <laughs> I mean, it was more you. I didn't really play that much. Oh, all right. I'm not good at it. <laughs> um, it's a game that, that teaches you as you go. People talk about how brutally hard Ghouls and Ghosts is. Now, I would say that about Ghosts and Goblins, especially the Micronics version that came out for the NES, which is not great. Well, what's a Super Nintendo one? Is Super that Ghosts and, and Goblins? Super Ghouls and Ghosts? Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I have that. Yeah, and that's a kind of a different kind of a game. You know, it's it's um that's almost like a, it's in a way it's kind of like a puzzle game the way you're kind of like jumping through and having to like fit in spots in certain sections. It's just it's a, it just plays a little bit different. 
but um, you know, this is this is very much a you know you have to know what the patterns of the bosses yeah. are, and you have to know where to be and when to be, and and uh, you also have to be quick witted. So. Uh, but it's a game that teaches you as you go. It's got infinite continues, which is really great because it allows you to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes and come back and do a better job and get better. And and unlike games like Friday the 13th, where it just seems <laughs> mundane, everything from the music to the gameplay, it's all stuff you want to come back to. The graphics are, are awesome, especially for an early uh, Genesis game. Um, it's not, you know, It's really not a hard game after you kind of understand and learn it. But it's really rewarding when once you actually do clear those sections. Uh, what's not rewarding is the ending. Uh, after you beat the main game, you're forced to go back to the beginning of the game after proving yourself, and you have to find a special weapon from the goddess of power to beat L- Loki or Lucifer. You go all the way back. Yeah, because I remember in the we, second playthrough and actually get to the boss. And I feel like we played it, and I I don't did you did you know that at the time that you had to play it twice? I did not. Yeah, because I think we did it. I did and, not. And you were like, "Well, fuck." <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Like... And we played it. We played it on. We played it on the um, on the on the PVM. The, oh yeah, the yeah. Mini the, PVM. the mini TV. <laughs> That's right. And we could barely see it. Arthur was this big on the screen. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> it's like, how fucking shitty is that? There's know. a couple of games that have, have done that. It's like, oh, you played through it once. Oh, well, now I gotta beat it again. But you know or what? Where it's a uh, second time you play through it, though that that weapon is so powerful that you breeze through it. That uh, second playthrough wasn't that wasn't uh, the Punisher when we played it, right? It's like you played on medium, and it's like, oh, well, no, it, it said to get the real ending, you got to play on hard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I understand. <laughs> but it's such a fun game that, and it's so quick. It's actually not that long of a game when you like an hour maybe. Yeah, it's not. It's not. If you know what you're doing, it's not too long. But that's the thing is, you you just it, it has replay value in that you just kind of learn over and over as you're playing over and over again, and it's and it's fun. It's fun to go back to those levels and play. Um, but once you know, once you get get you know, you go back to the beginning. The goddess of power. She keeps that that like magical weapon in her magic box. It's called a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> um, so. There's this database that I use for scores for the for the games, and scores. Yeah, for EGM for EGM scores. Oh, and it said that EGM gave it a nine 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 nine. But when I looked at the review, they gave it a Dreamcast. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's um. It's actually they never really gave it a score. They just gave, they made it the game of the month. It was the game of the month for. And that's kind of a misnomer too. It was November December, of 1989. Yeah, I think we'll. I feel like some of the when it was uh, the November December they made those huge issues because it was like uh, the holiday time. So like, well, this is early. This is only the fourth fourth issue of EGM like, ever. Maybe they were only doing. Uh, yeah, maybe the, for the holiday one they were just like we're gonna just double stuff it. Yeah, you know, for but, the holiday. Uh, um, I remember getting some of those EGMs back then around like November December, and they were like twice as thick as the other ones because yeah. it was just filled with ads. So this one was was reviewed by Steve Harris. There's actually like a mini guide. It shows you I'm saying the, it first, looks like the a, first couple levels. It looks like a Nintendo Power magazine. Sort of, yeah. They have like the screenshots see, like, of the, the whole game. Like, they're all like stitched together. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he, he says at the end that, you know, Ghouls and Ghosts is a fantastic game and an absolute must-have for the all-new gen- for all new Oh, Genesis so they didn't even give it like their... It's nearly flawless in every detail. So they're like standard where they have the little blurb and then everyone gives it a rating. It's just yeah. kind of like... Yeah, the featured game, and then they just tell you to get it. Yeah, so if I may speak personally now, 
Nope. Um, it, it, it really <laughs> kind of pisses me off and irritates me when people criticize this game and nitpick on it and say, like, uh, the super graphics port is better, which I almost pl- fired up on the, on the, on the TurboGrafx Mini. It's the it's the the super graphics was the successor to the turbo graphics, but it was the same eight bit CPU, but they just like blew out the RAM and blew out all the all the extras in terms is that, of is that when you switched over to the Japanese one? Or is it on the US? It's, it's only in Japan. Yeah. And it was uh, it had like six games. They only made like six games for it that were dedicated no, to No, I'm saying like when you turn because you know on the mini you can change it to US and J- Japanese. Oh, okay. I, I haven't tried it oh, yet. Oh that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, on the on the mini there's U.S. games, and then if you press the button, it, it switches it over to the only the Japanese games. Oh, okay. Games. Maybe that's where the... Uh, you know, so, I mean, yeah, I probably... Daya Makamura, the super graphics version of yeah. it. But I, I honestly, I looked at both of them today I, side by side, and I, I still think the Genesis has better detail. It's just that I think there might have been a little bit more time for the super graphics version to come out, and so they added a couple of graphical touches. But this, you know... I mean, who the hell's going to play it on there anyway? When this game came out, it, this was like an event game. Back in 1989, you know, and and I and I actually missed that because I didn't play it until 91. But even then, it was just it it was just an amazing game to play. I mean, it was it was an event game. It was a huge title. It was one of the marquee Genesis titles that came out from 1989 all the way through probably the Black Box era. Um, it was always a game that we could come back to and play and have an awesome time with and and everything i mean the graphical effects and the music it, it it really was an awesome game we never beat it as kids i used to go over to my friend matt's house <clears throat> and we used to play it over there and you know amongst the massive library of genesis games that him and his brothers had and um you know it was just it was just a it was one of those it was one of those games that genesis had that was just like you 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 knew you couldn't play that anywhere else you know you you had to go to the genesis for it and you weren't going to be able to play anything like that anywhere else so it was it was a great game. It's still a great game. I, I uh, cleared it through last year, all the way with um, like I beat Loki last year with the with the special weapon, and that was kind of fun. And and you know, I was like, all right, I finally did it. Like I've <laughs> I've, I've loved this game forever, but I haven't actually like nut up, you know. And so I was like, all right, let's just do this. And uh, and fi- finally was able to clear it. So yeah, there was a lot of those game types of games that we played over at Matt's house, and and Ghouls and Ghosts was one of them. So. Nice, got it out of your system. Yeah, we got it out. We got it. But again, another game that is, I, th- I mean, it's it's a it, it it's a spooky game. I mean, can you consider it like a Halloween type game? I think so. Oh yeah, I mean, just in that first, I mean, there's ghosts. You the first ghosts. level, it, the first level is a graveyard. I don't think there's any actual like, you know, boo type ghosts in the game. I think it's more like possession. Like yeah. You know, of, yeah. Of, then you got like characters. it's in like isn't it like you know, like the graveyard kind of setting in the first level. There's like the, there's, there's like tombstones. There's like the zom- there's like the zombies. Yeah, and then like yeah, the, yeah, sickle, yeah. the sickle creatures and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah, of course. So it's it's definitely got that that spooky vibe. And then even like the the different levels you go in are just demonic. You know. Yeah, I I don't even. I mean, I just I remember we did it. I just don't remember like any parts of the game. Besides the first level, because that was like <laughs> the only one I could get past. Maybe yeah. every once with the, in a while. With the shielder, the, there, the last, the, the boss. I mean, yeah. that's the other thing. The boss, like the bosses, oh, just massive. Because I don't even remember like the bosses. In yeah. The so, the, so the first one is called Shielder, and he's like this uh, demon that is guarding the door, and um, you know he's green and he shoots fireballs and he's just menacing looking. It's just it, you know, you, you, it's really impressive even today to see it. And then uh, the second boss is the vi- oh, it's, you play in the village, and um, 
The second boss is Cerberus. He's a fire wolf or something like that. The third boss is a uh, cloud eye demon. It's like an eye with like clouds around it and it runs around. And then uh, the fourth fourth boss is like this uh, massive demonic caterpillar. You have to like like bust his like pustules that are kind of like fucking human pus. Yeah, they're just they're <laughs> like they're you know. When when you see them kind of come out of his skin, you have to th- you know throw your weapon at it to to burst yeah. it, and you have to do like five of them. And then the last boss is uh, Beelzebub, I think it's called Beelzebub. It's a big fly. And then after that, that's when you go back to the front, and then you got to get the special weapon, and then you fight Lucifer in the end. So and then it's in the end, it's like you saved her, her soul. And but the what's funny about this this version is that everything in the beginning about the story elements is totally gone. So when you start the game, you don't even know what you're like, like, why am I fighting? You know? So that would have been one, one thing they could have made better is, is an introduction to know why you're actually in a graveyard and why you're fighting things. But at the but end I mean, of the day, it's, it's an arcade game. Right? It doesn't really matter. It's yeah. just, an, it's <laughs> such an awesome, and, and Yuji Naka deserves mad props as we would say for just how he developed this game. I mean, it's, it plays perfectly, you know, and to do that in six months was a heavy task. You know, and you know that they didn't treat these developer developers well. They were just like, you know, get in your box and make the, make the game. <laughs> get in there, ho. Peon. <laughs> you know, but it's uh, it's a. I mean, this is a great game. Don't to leave play until for, you for got Halloween. a hit. <laughs> this is a great game to play for Halloween. It's not too expensive. Again, not too like in terms of like a loose cart. You know, you're gonna fifteen, maybe fifteen twenty bucks. You're gonna spend on a loose cart here, so. I would do it I, if if you have uh, you know a couple extra bucks. I I would say go to go to Ghouls and Ghosts before you get Friday the Thirteenth. Um, <laughs> All day. Yeah, you would you won't will not be disappointed. And um, yeah, so next uh, next year maybe we'll uh, we'll bring in some some other Halloween type games. We'll have to come up with like a list, you know, of the of the, the top Halloween games. The top ten uh, Halloween hidden gems. What's the uh, Jaguar got for Halloween ga- you know, Halloween games? Cybermorph. Ooh, <laughs> that is ghastly, because it's that terrible. I Maybe mean, I mean it's Wolfenstein? a Wolfenstein. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess you could say Wolfenstein or Doom. Do- Doom is definitely. I mean, uh, you're now our resident Jaguar expert, just so you know. I mean, maybe Ultra Vortex, the fighting game. Is it supposed to be like evil, uh, demonic, or something? Yeah, I mean, it's mm. like Mortal Kombat. I don't know. I besides, I don't think there's any other. Mm. Uh, like a scary or just any kind of Halloween type theme that would even relate to Halloween. Mm. I don't think so. Isn't the Jaguar's forte? <laughs> One of the ones we didn't mention was Tempest 2000, right? What do you mean? When, we, when you were going through that list. Oh, I didn't? I don't think you oh, mentioned that. And that's, yeah, because I don't have the box for it. That's a great game, though, too. Oh, yeah. And, it that, really and, is that, good. and, that, and that did originate mm. on, the, uh, on the Jag, so. I'm done talking about the Jag. I'm <laughs> Are you really though? Tapped out, tapped out. Um, but with that, guys, thank you so much for uh, for watching, for listening in. Um, again, feel free to give us suggestions or thoughts on the podcast. We are the Turbo Duo on Facebook. We are the Turbo Duo on Instagram. You can hit us up, and we are the Turbo Duo in life. The Turbo Duo at Gmail dot com. So uh, feel free to send us an email, and uh, we love uh, we love getting suggestions on the show on episodes you'd like to see maybe games you'd like to see maybe segments you'd like to see and we will decide pieces you'd like to see we will <laughs> celebrity pieces <laughs> they make websites like that anymore oh mr skin is that still a thing yeah it's still around oh, i mean man. i don't know how popular it is but it's a thing 
Mm. I mean, I don't know. That's all I've heard. Mm. Yeah. So uh, a bit of do. So feel free to uh, to to hit us up if you guys uh, feel inclined. But with that, have a great rest of again wherever the hell you are doing whatever <laughs> the hell you're doing. Uh, be safe. Be happy. Have a wonderful Halloween. Be healthy. And as always, keep it turbo. Ooh, you're scaring me. Ooh.